All right, welcome back in. It's hour two of the Clay Edwards Show. I'm live here in the Mack Hike of Flowood, Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram Studios, home of the $399 a month car payment, home of the one in, one hour in and out promise from the time you test drive your vehicle. Uh, once you get inside and you agree to do a, and you start doing paperwork, they're going to get you in and out of there in one hour. Hey, this segment is going to be brought to you. This is important too. This is going to be brought to you by Stonington Farm beef i've got a special fella sitting here across from me that hadn't been in the studio in a while live on the air anyway that is uh mike madison good morning mike hey great to be here now look man you uh you were the original uh mouthpiece around here for stonington farm yes and i have inherited that thankfully and uh man really really enjoyed the partnership with them and I, a lot of people are getting turned on to the grass-fed difference yeah and it's, it, it's huge they're great they're fantastic people i went down uh about a month or so ago, I went down for the first time down to Perkiston and saw their ranch down there. It's just, it's fantastic. I mean, it really is. It's not an easy business for them, so people definitely need to support them. And, and you know, I think people are seeing the handwriting on the wall in a whole different way. You need to start supporting these local farmers before we don't have a choice. I don't know if anybody else is paying attention. I'm going to the grocery store these days. There's a lot of stuff out in the grocery stores. Yep. Um, and, and I love the fact that I'm kind of you know, one of the first people in line in Jackson for Stonington Farm Beef and that I know my rancher. But their the nutritional profile of their food is so much better at the same cost you get for a grocery store stuff. So it's a no it's a no brainer to me. Uh, absolutely. Look, I had some guests over at the house Friday night and cook some steaks. I had two store bought that had been in my freezer from the last time I bought the uh, whole ribeye before I was got into the Stonington Farm stuff. And I had two Stonington Farm ribeyes left. So I just cooked all four. Yeah. And I gave the two girls the the grass fed difference. And then my buddy ate the regular ones. I ate about a third of my steak. The the girls, what about girls here? Yeah, cleaned up, finished the whole one pound ribeye each. Yeah, and it clearly it digests better. I mean, just the whole process. They loved it, and uh, it was one of them. It had it, it wasn't her first one, but neither here nor there. People can taste the difference, and I've talked about the ground beef. Yeah, the ground beef, the steak to steak difference is big. But the real difference for me is the it's most simplest one, most common one. Yeah. That's the, the difference in their ground beef versus traditional store-bought uh, grain-fed ground beef. It does not taste like the same product. Yeah. I mean, I, I made some tacos the other night, Mike, with their with the ground with the Stonington Farm beef. It's the best tacos I've ever eaten. Just ground up with some taco seasoning, you yeah. know, and made, then made some dirty rice a few nights before that just to mix it up a little bit to have stuff ready. I try not to eat a lot of rice, but neither here nor there. Mind-boggling how good. Oh, proud of that. Some hamburger steaks, some patties. I just can't believe how good it was. Yeah. Well, I, I'm still uh, I'm still carnivoring. You know, just kind of as a health experiment, mm-hmm. I, I do those things. I'm a, basically a ribeye and a pound of ground beef a day. I That's just awesome. Absolutely love it. Uh, it's been fantastic for me, and I just feel fantastic. Well, good news is they're going to be in town making a delivery Friday. Yeah. So get you an order in, and they're going to be in Florence, Brandon. And Ridgeland making deliveries, so you ain't got to go far. Go to stoningtonfarm.com. That's Stonington with two ends. I know I've, I got to put a big order in today or tomorrow for me and a bunch of folks, and uh, I guess I'm going to be the pivot point on it. And I don't mind helping y'all out either, but go to stoningtonfarm.com. Uh, give Katie Stonington a call. You can custom build an order as small or as large as you want, or you can buy a, uh, a quarter cow, half cow, however they do that. Uh, all that's there on the website, stoningtonfarm.com. They will be making a delivery this Friday to the Jackson area. So check that out. That's the grass-fed difference. Grass-fed, grass-finished. No uh, no grain, no hormones, no additives, none of that. 
All right, Mike, you rang me up yesterday. Said I want to talk about this banking stuff. Yes, I said, come on down, young son. I'm, I'm frustrated, so I've I've busted into your show, invited myself because, um, I, I've. I'm not in the studio. I'm I'm pre-recording some of my shows. I'm on the road a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just found out I'm going to be in Austin, Texas next week. I'm going to be in Illinois the week after. So I'm pre-recording my, for my two hours on Wednesday and Thursday. And this banking stuff is what I've been talking about for six years. I warned about inflation for six years, and it took about five years for it to come. Now everybody sees it. Nobody understands why we're having it. Now we are at the cusp of what I believe is going to be a banking crisis. And I have one mission in my life, uh, on, for this hour anyway, anytime I talk about this, people need to know who to blame because I already see the finger pointing going on. They have gotten away with this crisis after crisis after crisis. They point at each other. So half the population thinks it's one group. Half the population thinks it's the other group. And I want people to understand exactly who is responsible for what we are about to go through. And it is going to be probably the story of your lifetimes. The crisis that took place in 2008, I've said it for years on this show, it was, uh, you know, if you like watching a, like watching a horror movie and you, they've got like a cup of coffee and the monster's coming and you hear the boom, boom, and the, you see the ripples through the cup of coffee, that's not the event. That's the something's coming. That's what 2008 was. 2008 wasn't. I mean, it, it was a crisis. It was the worst time since the Great Depression economically. It was a huge debt crisis, and they tried to solve it with more debt. And what is about to come home to roost is going to be possibly magnitudes worse. And I don't think there's anything they can do about it. And the reason that I called you, my frustration is I, I listen to a lot of people on news, CNBC, you know, the financial media. The government is lying through their teeth to us about this stuff. And I, I think Biden maybe just spoke. I didn't hear a clip from his speech, but I can guarantee you Joe Biden just lied to the American people. Uh, absolutely. I, I know just, just a month ago, in the last month, Jim Cramer was on his show uh, telling people to buy yes. buy this bank. <laughs> He's was, been a favorite target of mine. Ever since he said the military should come out and hold us down and inject us with that shot, <laughs> I have spent no, uh, I have spared no quarter to Jim Cramer and his horrific picks. They actually now have an exchange-traded fund out there that is the inverse. So if Kramer says to buy something, they say to sell it. And, and yeah. they've got an actual fund now called the inverse Kramer fund. His picks are so bad. He has cost so many people so much money. But anyway, um, people, we are never going to stop this horrific boom-bust cycle that wipes out hundreds of millions of Americans if we don't stop them from creating these conditions in the first place. And the reason they get away with it, in my opinion, is because we are most people are so hyper-partisan, so, so caught up in uh, wanting to blame everybody but their team. It keeps leading us down there. This crisis that we're about to see, and it may happen today, it may be next week, it may be next month, it may be next year, but there is no escaping what's coming. And the explosions, the explosives for this were planted by Barack Obama. Uh, Donald Trump lit the fuse, particularly in 2020, and now Joe Biden is heaping more explosives on it before the fuse catches. I mean, this is going, it's going to be bad. Now, I'm not going to be an alarmist. I, I think it, a lot of people have seen, probably a lot of people don't know what we're talking about. We're talking about the Silicon Bank, uh, Valley Bank uh, implosion last week. And Signature Bank just fell right Signature behind Signature Bank yesterday. 
Now, there's been three banks. There's been Silvergate was the first one. It was a crypto lender, so it's tied to the crypto. Uh, this Signature Bank also is tied to crypto. So there's, uh, you know, there's some different things about those banks than there will be from traditional banking out there. So I'll kind of leave those alone. Um, Silicon Valley Bank, it is the second largest bank failure in U.S. history. Uh, I don't know if a lot of people are even paying attention to it. I've talked to a couple of people in the last couple of days, and they it's really didn't know Lehman about Brothers. it. Uh, no, behind Washington Mutual. Lehman Brothers was an investment bank. Okay. Uh, so these are you know banks where they lend, they take in deposits and lend. So it's, it's Traditional different. banks. Yeah, more of a traditional bank. Uh, Silicon Valley Bank was known to be the place where tech startups kept their money. They made a lot of loans to tech startups. That's been the um, that's been their focus. Now there is something a little bit unique about it. I really want people to understand what's going on. We are an economically illiterate um, populace in this country, and and that's a shame. It's just another failure of our schools that uh, they don't teach some of this stuff. But it's not really that hard. So I wanted to explain what happened to Silicon Valley Bank. Um, why it's different than other banks, so maybe there shouldn't be a cause for concern. The Fed and the government did something yesterday that could be absolutely catastrophic. Uh, the response to these things is always worse. It, it's it's may buy them some time, but it ends up making everything worse. Uh, yesterday, the Federal Reserve and the Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen, who used to be she used to be the head of the Federal Reserve, they made an announcement that they're guaranteeing all deposits. Traditionally, FDIC insurance uh, is only up to $250,000 in an account. Uh, with Silicon Valley Bank, uh, of their hundred I'm going to give these r- roundish numbers, not quite right. Out of the $170 billion they had in deposits, only about $20 billion of it was insured, meaning it was under the 250000 threshold. <laughs> the other $150 billion was, you know, tech companies who had stored $50 million there. Well, that's not insured. Um, the Fed and the government came out yesterday and said, don't worry, we're guaranteeing everything. Yep. Now, that would be catastrophic. They're doing this, designing it to try to calm the markets, to make everybody say, don't worry, don't pull your money. We're going to take care of everything. So there was a fear of a run on other banks in the area? Absolutely. But if you stop and think about the fact that they just took the guarantees on accounts, which ultimately these all reside with the taxpayer through one of two mechanisms. One is taxation. The other is inflation. I'm going to talk about that in a little bit. Um, But it all rests with the tax. If they have just gone in, uh, let me tell you the figures on the FDIC. Now, again, I'm not here to fear monger because there are things that should make everybody feel better about this. But there's a lot of things that people don't understand uh, that they need to be concerned about. And again, my goal today is to tell you who to blame. And there's plenty of blame to go around. And it's not just Joe Biden. He's made it worse. But it is both political parties. It is everybody who has facilitated facilitated the system. The FDIC uh, is, they call it flush with cash right now. They made some uh, They made some changes after the 2008 crisis and shored up FDIC. FDIC right now has about $125 billion on its balance sheet to bail out a a failing bank. And almost no banks have failed in the past, you know, since the financial crisis wave of them. Last few years, almost none. So they're they're considered to be flush with cash, like fully funded. They've got uh, $124.5 billion, and they've got a $100 billion line of credit. So that puts them at about $225 billion in the FDIC. Um, do you know what? How much is in the U.S. banking system? Twenty-two trillion. 
So they have somewhere around 1%, 1% of the deposits in the country. So if there was a full-on bank run, the fact that the government came out yesterday and said, oh, we're going to stand good for everything, I would ask the question, well, where in the hell are you going to get the money to do that? You've got 1%. And this is, you know, FDIC is, is the banks pay a fee to it. They've got 1%. So, you know, 2% of defaults, 5%, 10%. Uh, of this country's deposits go into default in these countries. And, and the FDIC is swamped. So the idea that they can guarantee everything is ridiculous. And this is another bank that was more concerned with woke politics than they were actually doing their yeah. job. I mean, like their, their biggest thing was that I saw uh, they had a trans LGBTQ LMNOP person yep. in charge of all this. And uh, they had a, they're still, to the, still on their way out, going down swinging, talking about diversity, equity, and inclusion. Yeah. Like that's supposed to be the most important thing. Uh, I've decided today after listening to all this yesterday that I'm calling community bank and I'm calling cadence bank where I have bank accounts and I'm asking them, do y'all have a diversity equity and inclusion department? And if they do, I'm closing both of my accounts. Well, it, 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 that I think probably plays a part in it. Obviously you want merit based people running the bank that you put your money. If, if the LGBTQ elemental P person is the best person for the job, that's who I want doing the job. Right. You know, if I say this all the time, and I hate making it about that, but this is my passion is the money thing is the banking is yours. And it, it, when they collide, it's never a good thing. Yeah. Well, you know? I mean, and it could have played a, pay, a part in that. But let me give you another person outside of the you know diversity, equity, inclusion piece of puzzle. I was just stunned by this. Um, the chief administrative office officer for uh, Silicon Valley Bank's guy named Joseph Gentile, G-E-N-T-I-L-E. Uh, uh, he's the... Uh, He's the chief administrative officer at SVB Securities. Uh, Prior to joining the firm in 2007, uh, Mr. Gentile served as the chief financial officer for Lehman Brothers, which is the the first firm to go bust and blow up the world economy in 2008. And I just saw, I see here on Breitbart that Barney Frank is on the board for Signature Bank. Yeah, well, you know, these guys float around a lot, but I, I, I am telling you right now, People should not fall into this trap of making this a left-right. And it, I think that the, the, the uh, DEI stuff plays a part into incompetence. But basically, we'll take a break, and then I'll come back and tell you why they failed. Their risk management was terrible. Their risk management left a gaping hole in protecting them against the risk. But I want people to understand what is happening. And here's the reason. Um, I believe probably the vast majority of banks in this country right now have the same problem that Silicon Valley Bank had that blew them up. Now, most banks have probably put some protection in place, but they're all facing the same problem. And the problem was created by the Federal Reserve, the Republicans, the Democrats, Obama, Trump, and and Biden. Every single one of them that have propped up this financial system through bailouts, and have allowed the Federal Reserve to print money, have put all of our banks in a situation very similar to SVB, and I'll explain that when we come back. All right, sounds good. We're going to take a break real quick. Joined in studio this morning by the one and only Mr. Mike Madison. We'll be right back live on 103.9 WYAB.
breaking rules when necessary. Welcome back into the Clay Edwards Show, live here in the Mack Hike of Flowood, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, Ram Studios. Hey, this segment is going to be brought to you by our friends over at Watkins Construction and Roofing, your roof repair and replacement specialist right here, located in central Mississippi, locally owned, locally operated. Uh, let me read you one of their five-star reviews right here. They got 587 of them available on Google. Uh, so if you want to go see what kind of experience other folks had, I think this is the best way to do it. Says uh, This was from Barrett Stanley about three days ago. He says, the company is great. The construction project I had them do was not easy, and yet they rose to the occasion on every aspect. John Allen, Mr. Ashley, and Stephanie kept me informed during all steps and were a joy to work with. I'll definitely be using Watkins Construction and Roofing again in the future. So look, man, no matter the, no matter the, the project, these guys can get you taken care of. Uh, a lot of roof repair folks are uh, try to say your whole a whole roof when all you need is a repair. I told you the horror story I had about a couple couple uh, guys coming by trying to sell me a roof from the from their car. Wouldn't even get out of their car. Just rode by and told, caught me in the driveway. Said, "Hey man, you need a roof." Uh so hey man, I let them know that I would be using Watkins Construction and Roofing. You ain't gonna have to worry about that kind of unprofessionalism with these guys. They clean up. They, uh, they ain't going to be bumping no rap music on the work site. None of that stuff. Uh, you will not have a bad experience with Watkins Construction Roofing. Check them out online. WatkinsConstructionInc.com. Locally owned, locally operated. Always giving back to the community. Always there when the community needs them. And uh, you got my word on that. All right, Mike Madison in the studio with me. We're talking about the Silicon Valley bank crash, bailout, and uh, the ripple effect that is coming our way. Mike? Yeah, <clears throat> I don't I don't know how much people are paying attention to this. Like I say, I talked to some people and they didn't really know about it. And and it may be no cause for alarm for um Well, I think because it feels local to the West Coast. Yeah. The name the name Silicon Valley Bank is not a bank that we use anybody uses here. So unless you're invested into the stock market or you really got your thumb on what's going on, it may just it may not seem like a big deal. But like as you said, it's the second largest bank failure in the history of this country. Right. And and the reason that I contacted you yesterday was I, I spent the weekend looking at it. I wasn't, you know, I, I knew about Silicon Valley Bank. I wasn't real familiar with them, but I'm an economics nerd. So I started studying this stuff. And it hit me kind of yesterday as I, was dis, I was, as I was figuring out what was going on with Silicon Valley Bank. I realized, oh, uh, I would imagine damn near every bank has got the exact, a, a, a very similar problem to what Silicon Valley Bank had. Now, I'm not, not trying to panic anybody because... Uh, Silicon Valley Bank didn't have some very important protection uh, in there. They, they have bad risk management, and that may wor- be where it goes to the DEI stuff, where it goes to this, you know, diversity, equity, and inclusion crap uh, that they just did not hire the, the the brightest because it's almost a mystery why they didn't do this. Uh, they they got crushed by basically interest rate risk. When interest rates went up, the value of the assets that they held was going down. That's happening in every single bank because, and, and, and I'm going to, maybe I'll try to get into that. But the thing to know about Silicon Valley Bank is that uh, most banks hedge that risk. They, they buy products, they'll, you know, they'll buy products out there almost kind of as insurance so they don't lose near as much if interest rates go up and they've got a bunch of things with low interest rates on their, on their balance sheet. And, and I know this stuff is confusing. So understand, number one, I think majority of banks have got problems with their balance sheets right now. They don't have to realize them. 
uh, these politicians in Washington, D.C., the Treasury, the Federal Reserve sets up rules um, for banks, some may be good, some bad, but they have something where they can basically uh, – let's just imagine, and this may show my age a little bit, but if people remember the Beanie Baby craze. Do you, do you, are you familiar with oh, that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I remember Beanie Babies. I didn't partake in the shenanigans, but I do remember. Right. So this is a little bit of an extreme example, but – you know, if you went out at the height of the Beanie Baby craze and there was a rare Beanie Baby and you went out and bought it for $1,000, um, because at the time that's what it was worth, um, you know, and you so you get to put together a financial statement and you list that as one of your assets. I got a $1,000 Beanie Baby. That's part of my financial health. Well, you know, a couple of years later, that thing wasn't <laughs> worth about $20. Yeah. You know, it, was just a, it was just a toy again after the, the craze went away. But in the case of, of banks, it's called mark-to-market. So, so you've got this $1,000 Beanie Baby on your balance sheet, but everybody knows it ain't worth $1,000 anymore. You were just dumb enough to pay that for it. And so if you tried to sell it, it's only worth $25. But you've still got it on your balance sheet. Um, if you had to mark-to-market, meaning we have to value it on my, you know, on my financial uh, valuation on my balance sheet, I have to market what it's actually worth, not what I – you know, not what it was worth when I bought it, but what it's worth today. If I had to sell it, I'd have to do it at $25. The banks don't have to do this mark to market. So that on their balance sheet, they show everything, all of their assets are, you know, the same value that they got when they acquired them. They're all rock solid. The problem is for Silicon Valley banks. So they, they have all this stuff on their balance sheet showing, you know, we're healthy. We've got all, all of these assets on our balance sheet. Well, Silicon Valley Bank had a bank run. The word went out, and I'm not sure of the nexus of this. I know Peter Thiel was involved in telling a bunch of startups, hey, get your money out of Silicon Valley Bank. Basically, Silicon Valley Bank uh, had a bunch of people asking for their money back, so they had to start selling some of their investments to pay these uh, depositors back. Because let me, let me say this, too. You know, when you go to a bank and put your money into a bank, you're not storing your money at a bank. You are lending your money to the bank. They take that money and they use it. You are a creditor to that bank. They don't take that, you know, thanks for the $1,000. We're going to put it in a box over here for Clay. I just, I, you took the word right out of my mouth. I'm about to say that all, all my cash ain't sitting in a safety deposit box. They go withdraw from when I need money. Yeah, they, they take it and they either invest it in, in bonds to get a yield on it while you've got it parked there. They take it and they make loans to it. This is our fractional reserve banking system, too. I won't get into that, but that's... <laughs> That's a whole nother Ponzi scheme. But anyway, so you've loaned this money to them. So when all these people, depositors, came to Silicon Valley Bank and said, we want our money back, well, they didn't have it. They had deployed it. They had loaned it out. They had bought bonds with it. All the bonds that they were holding were at very low interest rates from a few years ago because these idiots there bought long-term bonds at extremely low interest rates. Now they have to go sell them. Okay, well, bonds right now are you know selling for 5%. I mean, you know, so... If, if I get a treasury now, I can take $1,000, I can buy a treasury, it's going to pay me about 5% a year. Uh, Silicon Valley Bank was hand, handling, uh, holding a bunch of bonds that might be paying them 1.5% a year. Well, if they try to sell that, who the hell is going to buy something that only gets you 1.5% a year when I can go to the treasury right now and get 5%? You know, I don't, I'd rather have 5% coming towards me yeah. than just 1.5%. One, 1 so they had to mark all these things down. They started having to do kind of a fire sale of these bonds, and that's when they suddenly marked to market, meaning, 
you know, we showed them on our balance sheet being worth this, but now that we actually have to go out into the market and sell them, they're worth a hell of a lot less because interest rates have gone up, and that's the interest rate risk. They didn't hedge that. Most banks do hedge that. Now, how? That's, that's interesting. This is my question. You're probably going to hear something about this, particularly if this crisis uh, expands, and it's going to at some point. It could be tomorrow. There's a saying in the financial world, and it may be actually from physics. Things like this happen very slowly and then all at once. If you remember 2008, there started to be a few warning signs. Hey, our default rates are going up a little bit, but, you know, real estate's still moving, all that stuff. And then one weekend, all of a sudden, the Fed, the government, everybody's meeting, and, the, and bailouts were launched within like a day. Lehman Brothers, the largest investment uh, bank, and uh, one of the biggest in the world. I'm not sure if they were the largest, oldest. Suddenly, they went – nobody – Another Jim Cramer thing. Well, He's telling that, people to go buy lemon. What what was it called? Is that where you short you, you short something, right? Is yeah, it, you short it. And that, like some people made a lot of money. Is it, did is that a similar situation here with well, this? Can 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 anybody have pro, can anybody have made money on shorting? Absolutely. SVP? Oh, I, oh yeah, absolutely. If, if people knew, but that's more of a mechanism of um, you know shorting a stock, and it's. Really very interesting to me, but I won't get into it. But shorting a stock is just betting against it. You know, gotcha. if, if you buy a stock, you're betting that it's going to go higher. If you short a stock, uh, you, you're betting that it's going to go lower. So people will capitalize on that. But what we're having right now is a credit event. I've talked a lot about this on my show, probably to great yawns. You know, people are just uh, – the bond market is so much more important than the stock market. And people don't understand it at all. Hold, I mean, that, hold that thought. Let's take a break, get yeah. back on track, and okay. come back. And I want to hear it. Okay. This is the Clay Edwards Show, joined by Mike Madison, live in the Matt Kike of Flowood Studios. We'll be right back on 103.9 WYAB. Breaking rules when necessary. Welcome back into the Clay Edwards Show. I'm live here in the Mac Hike of Flowood Studios. Uh, this segment is going to be brought to you by Guns and Gear. Get out there uh, right on Highway 51 in Gluckstadt. You can also shop them online, gunsingearms.com. They're your home of No Limit Ammo, as well as your home for their deal of the day on social media. Check that out, man. They are always posting something that I want. They're on all of their social media channels and their deal of the day. And, uh, of course, they got all your favorite guns. They're in stock, as well as they're your home for gunsmithing and Cerakoting. So check them out. Anything firearms-related, guns and gear has got you covered. That's gunsandgearms.com. Or again, just check them out in person right there on 51 North in Gluckstadt. Uh, some, of my, some of my buddies over there at Booze Smokehouse just opened up a restaurant right there in the same shopping center. Guns and barbecue goes great together. Get out there, check them out. Guns and Gear, a proud sponsor of our Guns and Gear text line. Hey, Mike, I got did get a comment on the Guns and Gear text line. Uh, unknown texter says, the nation declared bankruptcy on March 9th 1933 we haven't come out of it yet nobody can prove me wrong yeah i mean that that there's there's very interesting things about that here's the bottom line though i mean what they've been selling us on is this great economy for really for decades now um since 1970 it took off the the gold standard made our currency just you know very dust yeah um it's been a lie we have a facade of an economy and as I say, we had a huge debt crisis. 2008 should have been a warning sign. What we should have had in 2008 was just a complete 
wipeout. It would have been brutal. I mean, it would have been two or three really bad years, but all the excess debt would have been wrung out of the system, and we would have had a foundation, you know, a solid foundation to try to grow back on. Problem is, people don't understand economics, so they keep supporting politicians who, who get us into these messes. And the politicians get away with blaming the other side. Uh, I saw yesterday, uh, I saw Robert Reich. He was the uh, labor secretary under uh, Obama or Clinton or both or something like that. He's this midget dude. Um, he came out and said it was Trump deregulating the banks that led to this. That's a lie. Um, I see Republicans saying, here's what Biden has done to our economy. Uh, Biden certainly made it uh, worse. That's also a lie. If you hear anybody try to tell you it was one side or the others or one person's Trump or Biden's thing, they're either economically illiterate or they're just trying to score political points for, you know, for whatever else. On my show for years, I've called the Federal Reserve the Death Star. The Federal Reserve created this situation that and and people don't care right now. I know that. I'm just telling you, you're going to care. And it may be tomorrow, it may be next week, it may be next month, it may be a year from now. They may have tricks up on their sleeve and they can give – what is coming is historic. And, and it's just global too. And I, and I always say that, you know, I, I can't stand Joe Biden. He's a, he's a deranged mental patient, a corrupt, deranged mental patient. So don't mistake me that I support him. But he, he, he didn't single-handedly collapse the world's economy and the entire world is in this boat. That's why this is going to be so brutal. Well, hit hit on what we said right there during the break uh, about a potential digital currency being yeah. being the the end game here. Okay, so let me tell you, if if they try to bail out the banks, th- there's no money. Okay, um, if the Federal Reserve the Federal Reserve's been raising interest rates to try to tame inflation, right? The inflation that I was warning about for six years, that libertarians have been talking about for thirty years, um, and I'm a libertarian guy. Um, the, the inflation came. So the Federal Reserve is raising interest rates in the idea of combating inflation, and they really haven't even done it very well. Uh, inflation's ticking back up again now, which I've been warning about for a while. The inflation of 2022, uh, I, I believe in the not-too-distant future, you're going to look back on that as the good old days, where we just had 8 or 9% of official inflation. We know it was 15 16 18% in real life, but the government told us it was you know 8 or 9 at its peak. Um, it's going to get worse. So so the Federal Reserve now, if it keeps raising interest rates, it's going to put more banks into the situation that uh, SVB was in. Uh, if it decides to turn around and start cutting interest rates and printing money and bailing out, it is going to it's going to just make inflation pop. It, it, it's going to be horribly inflationary. They are in a box. Uh, they had some tools that I never even imagined they would use after the 2008 crisis. And I, I won't get into it. We don't have time. I find it fascinating. Most people don't. They did a whole bunch of things that had never been done before in the history of mankind, really, but certainly not in the history of the United States, to try to paperclip and duct tape our economy together after 2008. It enriched the donor class, uh, the endless money printing, and it was always going to cause the inflation that we've seen over the last year. They are going to attempt to save the donor class again, um, and I'm not sure what path they will choose. The, the Federal Reserve now, who is in charge of all of this stuff, really, um, they have probably two really bad paths to choose from, and they know it. They've got to be really freaking out, to be honest with you, because uh, this could get out of control really fast. And, and if they try to fix the banking crisis, they're going to sp- spark inflation. If they keep trying to tackle inflation, they're going to create more of a financial crisis. 
So I don't know what path they're going to choose. I think ultimately they're going to choose inflation. So for everybody out there who thinks inflation is over, that this was just a glitch in 2022, I've said it since the day it came. And I heard what they were prescribing to fix inflation. I said, you know, it's it's going to it's going to abate for a little bit. Uh, but it's going to pop, and you're going to be seeing 20 30% inflation if they try to rescue the entire banking system. And you think that something that could end up happening is we could end up on a digital currency. And when when, you, when you're in a Dust Bowl-type depression, yes. anybody who says, oh, I would never do that, I would never sign up for that, when you ain't got no options, you got to put food on the table, yep. you'll sign up for a lot of things. I I told Mike, it was, it was easy for me not to get the uh, vaccine when, I, when everybody else was being forced to because I didn't have to. Yeah, it wasn't a decision of food on my table or not. Right. My, you know, my losing my job and having to make a mortgage, any of those things. So, and, they, and who knows what they can insist you, you uh, take part in to qualify for your digital income. Yeah. You may have to go get vaccinated. You, they may say, oh, no, 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 no. You, you said you wrong speak, social credit score, the whole nine yards. I mean, this could usher in. It's total control. Everything that we've been warned about. Yep. And, and, what they're going to do, I mean, ultimately, I think it's the demise of the dollar. There's a whole lot of things lining up against the U.S. dollar. The BRICS nations, Russia, China, Brazil, India, now Saudi Arabia. they got this huge group now that's trying to get away from the dollar. So there's a lot of things do we get back for the dollar. Do we get back on the gold standard? Is there is, is the horse is, out of the barn? This is why I'm trying to teach people this stuff. They've got to demand something better. The Republicans do not. The Republicans have participated in this. Donald Trump begged the Federal Reserve to go back to zero interest rates. Donald Trump allowed them to print and insisted they did. As a matter of fact, he was upset they didn't print more in 2020 during COVID. He said the only problem he saw was some of the STEMI checks. They weren't big enough. He lit the fuse on the inflation and people refused to see it. They just they will not recognize it. Um, the Republicans and Democrats, the Federal Reserve, the Treasury, the banking elites in this country are all to blame for this. And and. So we could return to a gold standard if people understood what was going on and understood that they've been sold out by even their most their biggest heroes in the political movement. If they've been if your politicians been calling for low interest rates, has been facilitating large uh, expenditures by the U.S. federal government to put us into debt, they have created this mess. It's Republicans, it's Democrats, it's McConnell, it's Schumer, it's Pelosi, it's McCarthy, it's Trump, it's Biden, it's Obama, it's Bush. They've all done this to us. And so when it happens, we have a choice to make. We either follow them because what they will do, they create these crises, and then they give us the solution. They, they come to the rescue every time, right? They tell us, well, this is what we're going to do to save you. Yep. And we fall for it every single time. I just I talked about it Friday on here talking about Tate Reeves. I said, you don't get to take credit for rolling back the mandates you put in place. Right. Exactly. You don't start the fire and then get to take be the hero for putting it out. Right. We have got the arsonists are the ones that are right now this weekend they held emergency meetings on how to put out the fire that they started. And people don't understand it. And I mean, you know, we're going to run out of time here in a minute. I, I don't have I, I spent years and years going over this stuff on my show. It's it's complicated, but it's not. You know, it's it's kind of, but it's almost hard to make it to simplify it. My my message is: do not follow these people. Hold them accountable. Roger Wicker is responsible for what is coming. Trust me on that. Uh, I, I know you didn't let, let a Democrat be a senator from Mississippi, and that's good. I, God knows who who would replace him. They're all bad, but he he doesn't get off the hook. And you will hear these politicians, and unfortunately, I'll say it, talk show hosts. Try to lay this at the feet of the Democrats. Um, they're certainly culpable. 
But so are Republicans. I mean, the, the, the defense spending we do is enough to destroy our currency. We've built an empire here, and the Republicans have been responsible for a large part of that. Until now, the Democrats are in love with. Well, I think one thing that the last few years has shown us is that there is a uniparty yes. up there. Yes. And they, yes. once some of them are a little better than the others, you know, depending on your moral values. But at the end of the day, they're, they're, they're in business against us. Yep. And, and you're right. I mean, they are going to, if we have a dollar crisis, a currency crisis, worldwide, they're going to put us on. And, and the strange thing is, coincidentally, they started testing this central bank digital currency at the end of last year. They were doing a 12-week test. Well, 12 weeks is up about well, now. You yeah. know, So they've rolled this thing out. They've got the machinery in place. Uh, almost feels like they're anticipating something. And, right. and they will roll this out because when people can't afford food, um, they'll take anything. All right, let's take our last break and uh, come back here and close out the show with Mike Madison. Uh, I've got a whole other hour to go. It's our Whole Story Health Hour coming up in Hour 3 with Allison Noe. Stay tuned. We'll be right back on 103.9 WYAB. Breaking rules when necessary. Welcome back in to the Clay Edwards Show. We're live in the Mac Hike of Flowood Studios, and uh, we're wrapping up with Mike Madison discussing this impending financial uh, calamity that is heading our way. And I just think I twisted Mike's arm to come back in tomorrow for at least an hour uh, and discuss some more of this because it's above my pay grade, but I understand enough to know that when the government gets involved, bad things happen. And uh, we we should have uh, punished people in 08 and not bailed them out then. Uh, But here we are now, Mike. Yeah. About two minutes. Um, Look, and I'll, I'll say this, too. I'm, I'm not anybody coming to say, go get your money out of the bank today. That's not the case. As I said, SVB had more risk. They had, they, they, they had no risk management. I don't know what the hell they were doing. Um, most banks are in, in a better situation than them. And banks are pretty well capitalized now. But that doesn't mean something won't happen. But here's the thing. Everybody thinks that all the low interest rates over the past few years, or the vast majority of people think, well, this is great. I got a cheap mortgage. You know, my credit card rates were lower, all this other stuff. They think this was a sign of prosperity. It was not. When you have low interest rates and money printing like we've had for the past 14 years, just up until the past year, um, it causes malinvestment. Money has gone where it would not normally go. Uh, A ton of investing mistakes have been made because of all this money that was printed up. And every single uh, politician, both parties participated in this to give you the illusion of a prosperous society, but it's all based on debt. The chickens are about to come home to roost. Let me say this too, though, real quick. Um, it does not mean that uh, all hope is lost for everybody. I'm not a doom. A lot of people make a ton of money in crises. Um, I mean, a lot of money. If you know what's going on, if you know how to protect yourself, if you know uh, when to watch for signs of people just freaking out and getting rid of things that you can pick up for pennies on the dollar, you can do extremely well during a depression, I- anything. So this is not doom and gloom. It's all, we're all going to die. That, that is not it. People, but, if they understand it, uh, they can survive and do well. But be ready. All right, Mike, come back in tomorrow. I'll be here for another hour. See you guys on the other side of this break. Thanks, man. Thanks for listening. Tune in tomorrow at 7 a.m. as the Clay Edwards Show discusses all that is going on in and around the city of Jackson. This concludes our broadcast day. Right here on 103.9 WYAB.